Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. Welcome post-Sunday podcasters. I hope you guys are doing well. Another week and another new episode coming in hot at you today. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra. Really excited to be along with you guys. I got my other host here with me, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What's up, my man? What's up, all of our listeners, watchers? Here's what I want to say up front. We are thankful for you. All of you that listen weekly, you give us feedback, you give us input, you give us insight. They do. You know what I'm amazed at so far is how many people come up and they're like, did you think about this? And honestly, I haven't, or I didn't like that yeah. perspective. And then they tell me and I'm like, oh, that is, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. So while we are helping people learn, people are helping us. They're helping us. So thank you. Thank that, you everyone out there. That is the truth, man. And uh, we're thankful for you guys. And what we ask of you, if you possibly can, is just wherever you are taking this content, just please give us either a rating, a review, um, thumbs up, subscribe, um, hit the notification bell, repost. Put the link on your social media. Man, do everything you can to spread the word because as beneficial as it's been for you, I'm sure there's someone else that can thrive off of that, off of this content as well. So uh, appreciate the support. Pass it along. But uh, we are here, episode 30. And if you're new with us, welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast. Uh, what What is the Post Sunday Podcast? Pretty much in a nutshell, we're just a podcast really dedicated to diving into the Word of God and to Scripture. Uh, we are taking our church, Genesis Church Orlando. We're east. We're in East Orlando. We're taking them through Genesis one all the way to Revelations this entire year. So, pretty much a big Bible church study uh, with with just great, great content, great uh, inspiration, and we're learning a lot, a lot of application. So, we want to bring that into this uh, platform for you guys, and we air weekly. And uh, we also have our live services that you can come and join us. We have three of them at 8.15, two that we stream live, 9.30 and 11. But we're in East Orlando. Come check us out at GenesisChurchOrlando.com. And uh, if you want to catch up, there's a lot to it. And I've been hearing a lot of people binging uh, on this content. But we're on YouTube.com backslash at Post Sunday Podcast, but also YouTube.com backslash Genesis Church Orlando. I love to hear stories of people just binge watching or binge listening to a lot of our content. I think it's pretty cool. That's the cool part. People yeah. like I, I work out and listen <laughs> to it, I, you know, which is funny because like I have my Rocky playlist. I'm that old dude <laughs> in the gym that I'm wondering if someone looks at my phone and they see Rocky, Man. they're going to be like, yeah, that is typical poster, you know, mid forties dude working out, you know, thinking. dad music playlist but to the podcast walking their neighborhood, yep. riding in their cars, yep. 
sitting at their their workspace because they can listen to something while they're working like yeah. it's pretty awesome and yeah. that's been i think humbling and amazing is just how this is expanding yeah. and what god is doing with it and we never knew that like i was just listening to you talk about our service times and i was like man i've grown natural. so much you've grown so- <laughs> You've grown uh, so much. Thank you, listeners. And, and, thank and you. Is this, is this, for this your episode patience. thirty, right? This is episode thirty. So it's 30 taken weeks. half a year <laughs> <laughs> to get our own service times right. Man. So Let's, here's what I would say. Uh, <laughs> this is what we we were talking about before we got on here. If you are listening or do listen, and you're not a part of our church, go to our Instagram. And in the comments, tell us where you watch from. Mm. Just just your location. Yeah. I think that would be awesome to see. Super good. So all you have to do is go to our Instagram, mm-hmm. at Post Sunny Podcast, and in the comments, just type in, like, Vermont, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> wherever you're from, just type it in. That's it. You don't have to give a big explanation or, or write a big story about it. You know, we see the numbers of how many people are listening weekly, yeah, yeah. but we don't always get to know where that's from. And that would be really interesting. And we would love to celebrate that with some of you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll check it out this week and uh, we'll, we'll talk about it next week and see kind of where how broad this thing is getting. Yeah. But it's it's awesome, man. I really love it. And, and, and shout out to a lot of our just OGs in Genesis that are faithful they listeners and they come and they give us their input. I know uh, even my wife, I'm like, honey, I don't know how, how, how much can you listen to me all day? You know, like <laughs> you, you listen to me on your car ride. You listen to me at home. Like, man, like, you're not tired of me. When she podcasts you, <laughs> she can mute you. She can fast forward you. She's in she control. Skip you and just listen to me. Yes. She can shut you up. Yeah. So that's probably better for her yeah. Yeah. than for listening to you in real time. I didn't see it that way, but yeah. I'll give you that perspective. I still, but yes, yeah, same I thing. Still love her. Thank you to all the people. that keep listening and keep commenting and keep giving input today we celebrate you we do we do we're really excited about that so keep them coming guys but as we spoke we're on episode 30 and uh man it's we're getting down to some 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 you know teaching challenge uh you're you're being put to the to the grind my friend uh in the sense of just uh topics story where we are and in history um you know it's it's tough to get some some of those famous inspirational things out of this stuff you know you're 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 um what do you call those um cliche things you know that we we normally would say in the in the christian sphere but uh yeah this is getting a little harder yeah like they've disappeared (laughs) And that's like no people one. have no idea when you're sitting <laughs> yeah. back weeks in advance and you're studying and you're like, I'm not going to say just non-church people don't know this. Yeah. I'm going to assume a lot of church people don't because these are the parts you just read fast if you're trying to read through the whole Bible yeah. or you skip over if you're just trying to learn parts of the Bible and you get lost in all of it. Like I'm thinking about like my own church history class in college. Like I hated it in college, <laughs> hated it. Cause you sit down at a test and then it'd be like, every question was about different 
uh, kings and different people at different times. And all it was was dates and names. Mm. And it would just get so confusing to know, oh, hold on, am I the right king in the right century? Like, am I? And that's all the fill in the bubble was. And when you get into the book of Kings, that's how you feel. Like, what king are we talking about? What prophet's still alive? Wow. Why are we doing this? And what do we need to know about this? And so you sit back as a pastor and you go, God, you got to really <laughs> help me teach this in a way that people will grasp it and understand yeah. it. And as we were talking before we got on this uh, podcast, everything so far just keeps ending up bleak. Mm. So then you, you're thinking like, there's going to be a point where people don't want to listen to this anymore. They're like, I want to come in and just feel good. Or I want to come in and be inspired. Or I want to come yeah. in and be encouraged. Every story just ends up bad. Yeah. And with only a few weeks to go in the old Testament, I think as we were explaining what we're trying to begin to show is that that is why the world needs Jesus. Wow. Can't do it by yourself. You can't be good enough. You can't be perfect enough. You have a sin nature. It's why you need a savior. And even though God chooses to work through us, ultimately we cannot fulfill what the world needs to be totally redeemed. And so as we are seeing this thing completely unravel and it doesn't, it's not fun to learn because no. you're just like, is there a happy ending? There is. Jesus shows up. And so we have to get to this point in the story. You're thinking like a movie where like everything seems bleak. Everyone's lost all hope, total despair. Think about like the scene in the movie and then you know, the superhero arises or comes back and everybody's like, whoa, you know, it's that, that's what happens when Jesus shows up like this cosmic, just universal, just moment where God steps into the world and says, I'll take this. Mm -hmm. You can't do it by yourself. I got this. So we have to get there and to get there, we have to learn these pieces we're not accustomed to. Yeah. Yeah. It's very superhero-esque, you know, it feels like that, you know, as, as it's getting there. But, uh, you know, we're this is the cycle, man, that we find ourselves in. And it, it's one that we've talked about a lot. But before we go into this, um, I don't want to neglect our, our really anticipated and exciting um, area of our podcast or segment of our podcast, which is our PSPQ. Let's go. Post-Sunday podcast question of the week. We got our man Stanton, producer Stanton, on the board today. What's up, my man? What's going on, everybody? I'm feeling good. How are y'all feeling? He's Tremendous. starting to get it. Come yes. in. It's all set. He's starting to pump out this stuff. This is good, like, man. I knew he had that skill. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I mean, I got taught by the best, so, I mean, why why would not be good at what I do? Let's go. Come on. Let's go, Bring baby. it to us today. Bring it. I got something new for y'all, so I hope y'all like it. Here we go. Time now for Pastor Johnny and Pastor Tim to drop that spiritual knowledge on you. This is the PSP question of the day. Nice. <laughs> Let's go. I actually did that this morning. Bring I had to it. shut the door and tell people, hey, be quiet. I'm about to record something. It's got to be good. I'm impressed. Ooh. Let's go. Come on. I think we need to get a fourth camera. Listen, we don't know this question. <laughs> no, we're not. No, no, why no, not? no. Oh, because we know he doesn't. He's not out of the. He's not out of control, though, right? <laughs> we just keep oh, switching back. I'm to controlling him. it for sure. 
I mean, there's a fourth option here. Every time you guys switch <laughs> the camera to you, I'll just hit my stuff. Yeah. Like Stanton <laughs> cam. Yeah, Stanton Stan cam. <laughs> All right. We don't know this question. No. So let's come in hot with it. So this one's a lighthearted question. This is a very, you know, Tim-related question. So the question reads, and you know what? It's, it's, it's focused more towards you, but I want to hear some input on you too, maybe for myself. What was yours and your brother Tad's favorite cereal that you guys competed over? And then did you guys have many brands way back when in your day? Oh, man. Whoa, this is a you deep feel old. <laughs> theological. <laughs> well, a couple weeks back, you had the cereal um, example that you gave. Ah, so okay. I, I, I believe like, it was on. based on Why that Why are we one? talking about cereal? Yeah. <laughs> It's a couple weeks back. What so. I'm what I'm just so encouraged by at this moment is that of everything I've taught and we've taught in 30 <laughs> weeks. <laughs> cereal. Our listeners want to know cereal. <laughs> um, Bring it, bro. I'm gonna say that growing up, uh, we predominantly predominantly ate uh I'm thinking of two right now. We would do like Count Chocula. Remember that? Yeah. That's older. So that that, that, that will date me, right? Like That does. That, that dates you out a little bit, right? Yeah. And um, I know that that's, Count I think it's Chocula. still there. Interesting. Um, and so that and Captain Crunch with blueberries or the berries or whatever in it. Like that, that was, that was a go-to back in the day. Now that I have diabetes <laughs> <laughs> and I think I got it from cereal. <laughs> I we I don't eat cereal anymore. Yeah. Every once in a while, I have a bowl of raisin yeah, bread. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, because I can eat it in moderation, but I don't eat cereal at all. Yeah. But I look at it and I crave it, <laughs> and I lust after it. <laughs> and I lust after it. <laughs> but I I don't eat it anymore. That's awesome. Um, I got a younger brother. I I dude we, my mom was uh, she she. Basically, force fed us uh, Cheerios or Frosted Flakes. Okay. So I don't, I don't want those two for the rest of my life. Like that's how Re- scarred we original are. Cheerios, like with yeah, no bro. Honey? We had to put, but like we just, cut bananas uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. we did the milk. Like oh, yeah. that was banging. Um, but it's like frosted mini wheats with no frosting. Yeah. Like, who eats those? <laughs> exactly. Who eats just a bar? We were scarred of just like dry mini wheats. Once wheat, in like, a blue moon, we'll get Lucky Charms okay. or like. Because yep. they were they were kind of pricey yep. back then, you know, for those for those cereals. Now, I was a morning person. Yeah, I am a morning person. My brother kind of is now, but yeah, I would get I up early too. and get the toy. That's when we would fight. Ooh. Wouldn't be so much over the cereal; it'd be the toy in the box. Oh man! But I knew I could get up earlier than him, and nice. I could snake that thing quick. Nice, nice. Stanton cereal. I got I got one in mind, but the one that me and my sister fought over, we got the Walmart version. Um, cocoa pebbles. It was like a big bag. It was like three dollars because it was like cheaper than the five dollar family size <laughs> box you got. <laughs> so we always fought over that, and every time like the bag would get down to like the itty bitty part of it, I would wake up super early, like you would, just to eat it, so that way I can hear her go no <laughs> while she's walking in the kitchen. <laughs> but my favorite all time cereal is Raisin Bran. Oh, oh it's plain. That's where I go to. But the raisins. They raise me up. (laughs) Raise me up. Stop. (laughs) Dude, we can take a serial conversation and turn it spiritual. Yeah, 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 there you go. Start singing. My all time is peanut butter Captain Crunch, bro. 
Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I can indulge on that. Till this We're going to show up one day in a package of cereal that's going to be sent to us. Oh, bro, Pastor's Appreciation podcast. Week on October. Presents. Get ready. We love listening <laughs> to you guys. Here's boxes of cereal. Thank you. PB Captain right. Crunch. How do we so. get this thing spiritual? Right. Yes. How do we go? <laughs> do we As we back transition back into the uh, some con- spiritual content here, but uh, coming back to things, man, uh, I, I just love where, where you really went with um, yesterday's message, and we're in the book of Second Kings, chapter seventeen. We'll reference a few. Other books uh, as well, because they align with what's happening in this timeline. But uh, Israel basically is enslaved by Assyria. And I just kind of want you to talk a little bit about that. But as we said, the cycle of Israel just seems to continue to be the same. The people sin, God rescues, God provides, God commands, the people sin again, God remains faithful. Um if you look at that cycle, yes, it gets tiring to see that. And you're to yourself, you're like, we've said this before. How do you not learn through these things? But in the same way, every day we need forgiveness. Every day we make mistakes. And so individually, I think we're always as well in the same cycle of life like this. Like yeah. We're in consistent need of God. And that's the part of like just the reality of starting to have spiritual eyes and ears. How is this happening in your life? Not just pointing out their faults and failures and their ignorance and stubbornness and their selfishness and their rebellion, but to begin to go, where is that in me? Yeah. And if you can't acknowledge that or find that um, or become aware of that, then there's going to be no change. And, you know, it, there's a, one of the things that our, our marriage counselors work through with us is, uh, this cycle of marriage, you know, and how you inevitably, everybody does. That's why a lot of people get divorced. They get tired of the cycle, right? They get tired of the coming back to the same place. It's not that you're not going to come back to the same place. Sometimes it's that you become aware of it when you do. And then when you become aware of it, how quick can you change that or overcome that? So my wife and I might used to get in the cycle when we were in our third or fourth your marriage and we would sit in that spot for hours or days. But as our marriage has grown over time and our awareness of that, when we get back to that cycle, we now overcome that moment faster. We learned, have learned how to work through it. We have learned how to communicate through it. And the same way spiritually in our life is that there are temptations. The enemy knows he can throw at you to keep bringing you back to a place. And when you have that awareness of what's taking place, you can defend yourself against that temptation. You can overcome that temptation. You can get yourself out of that temptation. You can repent and seek forgiveness faster because of that temptation, or maybe you stepped into it when you knew you shouldn't. That's the cycle that we have to look at and ask, is that changing in us? Yeah, no, that's the truth. And we came out of last week from Elijah, pretty much epic battle. Um, with the prophets of Baal. And uh, and we go right into, you You touched a little bit on that because despite this grand um, display of God's mercy um, and power and miraculous um, or miracle, um, there, there still, there still wasn't enough. 
So to argue that in this day, if we could see these displays of God's power, then it will change everything for our lives. And not really, because in, at the end of the day, we see on a consistent basis in, in the desert, uh, God bringing provision on a daily basis, them being able to see the pillar of fire, them being able to see the clouds guiding them at night, uh, them being able to see the manna being brought down, uh, all these different signs of God's power wasn't enough. And then we see that again with Elijah displaying that in front of these uh, prophets of Baal, and yet it's still not enough. And Elijah in 18, 1 Kings 18.21, Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two options? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if, ba- but if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. If, if you think you need a miracle to believe in God, what I think about is Jesus at one moment grabs his disciples and he tells them, you see because you believe, but blessed are those who have not seen and still believe. So think about that. If you're like, where, where's the blessing from God? Jesus reminds us that there's a blessing on those who have not seen and still believe because he knows it takes a greater faith. It, you can truly look in the scriptures and go, yeah, if I saw, I would truly believe, you know, because they got that opportunity. That's why I think people run around looking for a miracle because they have somehow come to this illusion that if I see the miracle, it will change everything yeah. about my faith. Yeah. Yet Jesus's simple words, you know, blessed are those who have not seen mm. and still believe need to take residency inside of us that there's a blessing and a reward in that. And that is what real faith is all about. And so yet the reality is we're looking at people that saw it. And then Elijah's like, how long are you going to differ between two opinions and two options? Crazy, and they stay silent because that's what we do in our sin. We stay silent. Wow. And when we want to do something our way, it's like, well, we can't speak up now because we know we'll be a hypocrite. We'll be caught in our own actions. Mm-hmm. And there is this, this resounding theme we have found in 30 weeks of studying God's word that you can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. And we live in a day in a culture, I can show you video after article, after social media posts of, of churches, of Christians, of false teachers that are saying like, hey, no, you can have God and you can do this exactly like the world. Hey, you can follow God and you can also accept and affirm these things in the world. They, and you can't. And it's going to take some modern day prophets to stand up and say to the world and to the believers around us, how long are you going to differ between two opinions? Cause you can't. Yeah. That's the truth, man. And so where we find ourselves, you, you hit a little bit prior before, uh, before this, uh, with the prophet Amos kind of giving a prophecy towards this in chapter seven, verse eight and nine, he says, then the Lord said, Uh, Behold, I'm setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will never again pass by them. The high places of Isaac shall be made desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste, and I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Yeah, so this is prior to even what we're reading here in 2 Kings. So this is a prophetic warning. And really that's what we were talking about. Everything in life has instructions, 
for whatever that product is with desired results. God gave instructions to the nation of Israel that would bring about desired results. You take the Ten Commandments. The first five are vertical between you and God, what God instructs, and then the desired results between you and him in a relationship. The next five are more horizontal, the instructions on how to live amongst people in biblical community and the desired results that will come of that. And so he also gives warnings. So out of the 613 commandments in the Old Testament, some are uh, do's and some are don'ts. And the don'ts are warnings because if you do this, this will be the consequence. Along the way, he sends leaders and priests and kings and judges and prophets. He sends as many messages to the people as he possibly can. So this is God's grace. This is God's mercy. This is God, a God of second chances for yeah. those that feel like they don't have one or don't deserve one or can't find one. At the same time, God has said, hey, I've given multiple chances. Now I'm giving a warning. If you keep doing these things, this will be the consequence. This will be the outcome of it. So he sends this prophet Amos along, who's speaking to the northern tribes, the house of Jeroboam, because he was the original king in the sense of when they split, yeah. his son becomes a king a few generations later, Jeroboam II. And he's telling them like, if you keep on this path, I'm going to lay everything to waste. I'm going to take everything away from you. And you would think that, like, if, as we've said, if God showed up and sent a prophet that said, if you keep doing this, this is what will happen, and they don't listen. They don't listen. They keep doing their own thing. And this is the conviction part that I think we'll talk about all podcasts and all throughout when we were talking about Sunday is at some point you either – Understand that conviction is a warning from the Spirit of God in you that something needs to change. Or you get to the place like Paul wrote where you quench the Spirit because the conviction is coming because the warning has been given about an area of your life, a direction you're in, a relationship you're in, something you're practicing, something you're participating in that you shouldn't be. And you either let that conviction be a warning that changes the direction you're in or you start to quench the spirit. And when you quench the spirit and you can't hear it any longer and there's no conviction, you're in a very dangerous place. Yeah. Yeah. Second Kings 17. So that's where we kind of, kind of really anchor down a little bit here, but it says in the ninth year of Hosea, 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 the King of Assyria captured Samaria and he carried the Israelites away to Assyria and placed them in in Hala and on the Harbor, the river of Gozan, and in the cities of Medes, Medes, and this occurred because of the people of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Man, it's just, um, it's sad. It's just sad. It's, it's a consistent cycle. You think they would understand, um, but they just don't, man. And it God sucks. keeps going back to Egypt yeah, because that's exactly. the story of Israel. Yeah, This is where you ended up in captivity. This is where you cried out to me to rescue and save you. I did what you asked. I delivered your pe people. I gave them a promised land. And so he keeps calling them back to their story as to, did you see what I did? And now you're going to get yourself back in captivity. The very thing I rescued you from. It's crazy. And you have, you can, 
you can see that in their story and then you can personalize that in your story because there are many times we are ministering or working with or counseling with someone, a couple, uh, whatever, someone dealing with a substance or an addiction and they're stuck Mm -hmm. and they come and they need help and they're crying out and you're there to help them. And you know, I can't help them as much as God can, but I can, I can guide them to God. And then they finally get themselves to a good place and then they go back or they relapse and they get themselves right back in that situation again. And that, that moment of despair, of, of hopelessness, of I'm right back where I started is what God is trying to warn Israel not to do. Don't get yourself back to where you started, where I rescued you from. And as you said, the sad reality is in their selfishness and stubbornness, they keep going their own way. And we are seeing that in our own generation no matter what is being preached, no matter what is being taught, no matter what is being seen and heard in the scriptures, people will walk right back out the church and they will go right back to the same way. Then they'll cry out to God, where is he? Does he exist? If I saw a miracle, that would change everything in my life. But they're not letting anything change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, One of the greatest turnarounds uh, or, or greatest, I would say, um, boosts of faith for me um, was when I was willing to go out and evangelize and give the gospel message to other people. I think that was the greatest opportunity of growth for me. Uh, and I love what we're doing here at Genesis because it um, we're, we're passing out these, these, these little cards now that's saying, hey, listen, we want you to be, uh, instead of a part, um, uh, someone that, that, Spectates. We want you to participate. We want you to be a part of what's happening because when you're in the midst of that, then I I I feel like it break it can break some cycles in your life. You know, we're creatures of habit, and we can get very comfortable even um, get very comfortable even in doing uh, the quote unquote right thing. We can get very comfortable with that and never. stretch our faith out to the next level that it needs to for us to grow. Um, and with complacency and comfort, it can, it can become dangerous. Um, and, 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 and I've seen it, but I love where we're going with that. It's like we're, and we've talked about this in separate conversations, but we're getting to a space where you're going to be, uh, if you decide to just come, check mark you know your attendance pretty much and just sit and chill you're going to be kind of the oddball in the midst of of everyone else because it's going to be everyone there's going to be a time where everyone's going to be challenged to take that next step and we hope that most will and the norm will be that and you know the 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 person that is just not the is the oddball is the one that honestly is coming in and just being comfortable and but but in saying all of this i just feel like it challenges you to step your faith up and grow get out of that complacency get out of that comfort and allow you to really uh take your and stretch your faith out into a place where you never would have saw it um and so it it really helps us grow that faith. It really helps us put that faith into action, uh, which in turn just elevates things for us. And, and we can kind of break that cycle in our life. 
you know, just by going and being able to share the gospel, give, just give ourselves out, serve, um, put ourselves out there and people yeah, in the trenches. I think it makes a big difference in what, what God can do with us and really breaks that cycle. My wife and I were at lunch yesterday with a young couple in the church. They'd sought her out a few weeks ago and said, Hey, can we take, we got to lunch with you. We just, you know, we're new and we have some questions. Yeah. And as we were sitting there, we were talking through the reality that like your faith can boil down. And I remember this college conversation myself. And so having it with, you know, a younger college couple um, brought back those memories of like, if you were alone on an Island and there was nothing else around you, but God's word, right. How much would you believe? And could you still believe, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the, the, maybe the metaphor of like when nothing else is around me and I just had God's word and no other people around me, would I believe and would I, would I, would I follow it still by myself? However, the, the benefit of having a church and having godly people around you, that's why the Bible says don't neglect in the book of Hebrews Mm. meeting together for so often it was used as a guilt card because a church was more concerned about attendance. And while some were that way, they aren't, they're not all that way. You know, like for us, we want to grow simply because we want people to know about Jesus. Um, but we gauge our success different. You know, we say it's not about people in seats. It's about people on mission. However, when you neglect the church, in the sense of being a part of it, being on a team, being in a group, then you neglect the opportunity to surround yourself with godly people where you have godly influences that can stretch you and grow you, that can that can hold you accountable, that can counsel you, that can speak truth into you, that you may not get anywhere else. And so when you're just a spectator who shows up once a week on a, on a, in a seat and you bounce out and you're never serving with a team and you're never in a group and you never, you go back to these other circles that really have nothing to do with God, you're going to struggle mightily. That's the beauty of the body of Christ is being surrounded. And I'm not saying get rid of any lost friends that you have. Uh, Quite the contrary. I want you to go be light and darkness to them. But make sure you're finding opportunities and you're engaging and investing in them because of the return that you will get personally in your own life. Our, Our greatest friends, my family doesn't live in Florida. None of my family lives in Florida. So my greatest friendships that have almost become family are people that I have served along with. I have unloaded trailers with, I have set up church services with that. I've gone across the world on missions trips and built and dug in the, in the mud with that, 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 that time being spent doing something to make God known in a way and really owning that. Like we set up church together because we want God to be taught and known to as many people as possible. We go on a mission trip together because we want God to be known to those people in, in that area that, that are living in a, in a hopeless state during, or a hopeless you know, circumstance. And so when you do that, it allows you, as you said, to grow and be stretched and so those that go, oh, they're just guilting. Oh, they're just trying to make me feel like I need one more thing in my life or whatever. The balance becomes, where's your time and attention, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. where does that go? Because when you're so busy that you can't do those things, are you in, in wisdom truly evaluating your busyness? Because 
you know, I don't have time for church or I don't have time to serve or I don't have time for this, but I'm, I'm the, I'm a coach for you know little league or I'm the, I'm the team mom, or I have passes to SeaWorld, Disney universal, right? And we have time to go do all those things. And I'm not saying don't have those. Yeah. I'm saying what's the priority and what's the importance and what does your family or your life show to your home is more important by the time you spend doing them. Yeah. We, um, your heart is where you, where, what you value most, that's where your heart is. Yeah. And so I I think Jesus hit, hit it on the head when he said, when he mentioned and referenced that, um, but you mentioned something, uh, and quote unquote follow, and that is to abandon your loyalty to God and embrace whatever influences, whatever influences around you. That's that's basically what follow is, and that can be following on a negative aspect or following on a positive aspect, godly aspect. Um, it can go both ways. But we're all investing in something. Yeah. We all are putting our heart, time, energy, financial resources on something. What is that? Right, I think we, don't we, ha- we have to ask ourselves that question. God and church and our on our kids, yep. which is a a spiritual suicide. I'm just going to call it that, right? Mm-hmm. Because we push school and grades like that's a non negotiable. We'll push sports, sports yep. and arts, yep. non negotiable. Can't miss practices, can't miss performances, can't miss yep. competitions, all that stuff. And then we'll turn around and go, but I don't want to push church and God. <laughs> the most important thing that you have to bring is the thing that you hold back the most on. That is a spiritual suicide in your home and in your life to live by that means. And as you just said, the only reason that's happening is because you're being influenced the wrong way and you're letting the influences around you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, my, my son played college basketball. So I know what recruiting's like. I know what it takes. I know training. I know paying trainers. I know extra practices. I know travel ball, the whole nine yards. And we just decided, listen, while this is an important aspect of your life, there are greater and more important things. So there were times we said no to traveling. And we told the coach, we will not be at this tournament. We're not doing a tournament on Easter weekend. We're not doing a tournament on Mother's Day, which is when two of the biggest basketball tournaments in Orlando exist. That's asinine to us. Didn't didn't change anything. So I want parents to hear that. Didn't change anything. But I'm amazed that like a kid will start Little League T-ball and some coach will come along and be like, your kid's got talent. They need to be on my all-star team. So instead of just ending when T-ball ends, now they're in travel ball for the next three months. Then they did well on that. The next coach comes along. And they just keep piling it. And then they say, we don't have any time for church, for God, for life group, for missions trip, for all these things. Because you elevated this. You you referenced the quarterback series on Netflix. I was watching that with my son. Super good, right? It's awesome, right? And I'm listening to Kirk Cousins, who's a believer. He's the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. You know, um, a team that did very well in the NFL last year. He had his best season probably ever. And I was amazed to listen to him talk that he went into the coaches and told them, on Tuesdays, I am not coming in for practice, for game film. I need 24 hours with my family and kids. The rest of the week, you can have me for football. He put his own boundaries in because of his faith and his belief. That's awesome. And ended up having the best season of his life and 
we don't live that way. Hey, this no. time belongs to God. Church is important for our family and kids. Instead, we we more or less have conversations. Hey, where have you been? Oh, I've been in this competition for the last four weeks and we just haven't been able to be here. You know, what you think you're doing and you're trying to relay, well, they'll understand one day. As soon as you do that for your kids, it's over. I'm just telling you it's over. I was a youth pastor for 12 years. I watched this in the lives of kids. Here's a conversation piece for today, I think. How does Israel get to this place where God is about to completely take everything away from them? The 10 northern tribes are not going to exist any longer to this day. What was the first thing God told Joshua and the nation of Israel when they crossed the Jordan River? Don't surround yourself with other The nations, don't copy the nations. And oh, by the way, he said, take these stones and erect them. Place them. And the reason was so that every time you and your children and your grandchildren pass by them, you will tell of what I did in Egypt. Somewhere along the way, Parents stop telling their children in the nation of Israel. Somewhere along the way, it's kind of like when, when someone you love dies and they, they're buried in a grave. When they first die, you, you're out there all the time, right? And then what you will hear, and this has happened in my own life, so I know you don't visit it much. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you're like, man, I haven't been out to the gravesite that often. You stop going. At some point, they stop passing by those stones. They stop telling their children and their grandchildren. I don't know if it was busyness. I don't know if it was copying the nations around them, but... At some point, parents in Israel during this time stopped obeying God and passing that down to their children. And when they stopped doing it, their children were green-lighted to keep going with it and even go further. Yeah, That's the reality of what has happened as to how so many generations could get this far from God. We have to look at that in our own home and in our own life and ask ourselves as we've been doing, what are we prioritizing? What are we not keeping sacred? What are we not pausing to make important? And then what are we allowing to influence us that is causing us to abandon our loyalty to God for this? Yeah. Wow. And your children are watching what's important to you. 100%. And so one thing we implemented this summer, I'm not perfect. This is not a end-all, be-all for any parent. Um, so far, it's been working for me and our family, but... I started noticing patterns of just my kids getting into electronics right away to begin their day. They wake up and just go, but they don't won't even tell us that they're on. So I said, listen, we're going to do a few different things. You're going to get electronic time for one time a day, but in the morning prayer, reading the Bible, cleaning your, cleaning your up to tidying up your room, wherever you need to. And then you come work out with me downstairs. And it, it may sound like very like, oh, dude, you know, you got like an army thing going on here, you know, but bro, if I'm not intentional, like in trying to build some stability and consistency, importance. Yeah, right now it may seem like they're just checking out off some things, but my prayer is that in the midst of this, it builds healthy habits for them, uh, spiritual habits, uh health and fitness habits um, and just cleanly cleanliness habits. Like it just really can help in a lot of different things. And if I'm not intentional about those things, then, then, then who else will be, you know what I mean? And they're our number one ministry. 
And if we can't get this right, I, 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 I remember telling God that, you know, before I was, was called here to Genesis and ordained as a pastor, I said, if I can't pastor my own family, God, then I don't deserve to even do this. And I listened to a guy one time and I'll never forget it. And I haven't forgotten it. And he said, if you can't preach a sermon in your home first, mm. then don't preach it on stage. That's really convicting. That is. That's bro. really tough, right? Um, however, here's what I've learned. And I've learned this from my own family growing up. And I, I believe it's what is instilled in our, my family now. We've been intentional, like you said, about some things yeah. that other people can't understand. That's okay. The world's not supposed to understand, right? What I hope is that maybe it can be a, an example to other believers, and then they can, as you have, kind of craft their own, right? Yeah. Like you don't have to mimic, just be intentional Mine yourself. Works, yeah. But ministry, not ministry, following God is taught and caught. And where we have gone wrong in the home and in multi-generational faith is there are people who taught it and didn't walk it. Right. And then there are people that are completely silent and they're like, well, just watch me do it. <laughs> and, and it's not one or the other. No. It is both. You teach it and you model it. Wow. You talk about it and you walk it out. And this is why like we encourage families at Genesis go on missions trips with your family, serve together. go yeah. down and serve the homeless in our city like we do yeah. every month with your family. When you serve on a Sunday, serve with your family. And I will tell you the families that I know over the 13 years of Genesis Church that are flourishing are the families that have taken that opportunity, taken advantage of it, and they speak about how God is growing their home, their marriage, their kids. And it is beautiful to watch them serving together on Sunday yeah. and going, this is going to be a priority for us to see them on a missions trip, you know, just loving on, on people in hopeless situations together to, to see them just on mission. That's the goal. And when you get to do that with your spouse and yeah, your kids, yeah. it's so much more enjoyable. It is, bro. It is. And I'm sure when you see your kids do certain things in the back of your head, you're like, all right, we're headed. We're headed in a good direction. Yeah. You know, like perfect. it is not perfect, but no. there's just there's little things they'll do that speak to you and affirm to you like, all right, you got this guy. My kids are kids. Yeah. I want to yeah. smash my face <laughs> in a window sometimes. It's At the true. same time. We will have a conversation, my wife and I, and we'll say, you know what? But they haven't walked these paths. Yeah. That's not throwing a stone at anybody else. That's saying we wanted to guide them from these paths and keep them on a path where they could put their focus on Christ. Yeah. And we see that. And when you see that, you do you you can exhale. You don't relax yeah. and become apathetic Loosen. and just, you know, just take it as it is. You can just exhale and go. God, what you're saying is possible. Mm. We are seeing is possible. It's good. It's good. And so um, as we move forward here, whatever you make with your hands that you don't think you need God for is a modern day idol. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. You hit a, you hit that on uh, yesterday on Sunday, and it was just um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 true, bro. It, it's something if 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 it. If it gets to the point where I don't need God for it, right? 
That's yep. what you're basically saying. You, you take, go back to the Ten Commandments, because this is what God does. Let's go back to Egypt. That's what he's telling Israel. I took you out of Egypt. Pay attention, because you're about to get yourself back there. And the first commandments, God says, don't have any other gods before me. I'm a jealous God, right? I alone am the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 6, 5 is the, the, the Shema. This is the prayer of the Israelites. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, right? And so this is the relationship God wants with you. It's, no other, it's like a marriage covenant we've talked about, right? He's the groom and we're the bride. And the nation of Israel keeps serving and worshiping other gods. And it provokes them to anger. And it may, he told them, I'm a jealous God. I don't want you giving yourself to something more than me. This is, in essence, what every husband and wife is thinking, at least at the marriage altar, right? And I know yeah. it's changed for some people, you know, after that. But that, it's going to be us forever. That's yeah. that joy of, of the marriage ceremony. But they, they make and they serve the false gods and goddesses of the nations around them. And what we have to do is go, we may not be Buddhists and we may not be Hindu and we may not be following false teachings and false religions that are all around us. And they are all around us. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mormonism, like all these things, but we have idols in our lives. You know, when, when football is more important than Jesus one. over the next few months and by that, I don't mean you can't enjoy football, right? Like I'm a, yeah. I'm a Dolphins don't, fan. Don't be extreme. Right? Like you, you can yeah. play fantasy football. You can, but when you start going, hey, I can't. I'm not gonna be at church. We're tailgating every week. Hey, I can't be involved in anything because this is going on and we're all in the field. Like when you elevate and give all your time and all your energy, and I won't say all. Let's 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 rephrase that. Most. Because no one's giving all their time. But when you give most of your free time to this and very little time to God, if any, you have elevated a priority. Therefore, that thing you give yourself to, your resources to, your money to, whatever it is, because you buy the TV package, you buy the tickets, you buy the food to, to throw the party, you buy all the gear, you buy the decorations, and you spend so much time investing in that, but you don't do it in the kingdom of God. Hmm. It's becoming an idol for you. Yes. When you roll over in the morning and you want to check your fantasy football score before you want to open up God's word, it's become an idol to you. And you can take that in any area. And what it takes is a mental shift. It takes a desire and a willpower it to does. go, when I roll over today, I want to check my Instagram account, Facebook, fantasy football. God, I'm choosing to not grab that. And I'm yeah. going to go grab my Bible today yeah. first. I didn't say you couldn't go to it, but it is. What's your willpower? Or are you just... Not willing to try. Yeah, I think I think people just think they mysteriously will wake up and become this just no. holy out there person, you know. And but the reality is, it, it comes down to decision making, you know. And what are you going to do in the trenches? Uh, because it is, it's tempting. You want to, you know, it's like this this uh, dopamine rush you just want to get right away. Uh, in in the in in the likes, the the notifications, the 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 friending, the all this, you know, the DMs, like you want to know right now and where, where social media is kind of built to get you in that 
mindset and oh, mode, know. man. They, like they've studied how it's to a, make it's you a addicted craving. To it. Like, and so you got to fight this, man. It literally is a fight, and 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 and. But it's at the end, it's a decision to you make and say, God, I'm choosing you this morning. You know, um, and we all face that, whether it be with with just different things, but we face that. Do do I decide to give God my first fruits today? Um, this week, whatever it may be. So you become what you worship. You become what you place your faith, hope, trust, financial resources. You become that very thing. You become whom you worship. Even that, right? Yeah, it takes over you. And yep. therefore, it it molds you. Mm-hmm. And you have to ask yourself, what do I worship? Who do I worship? And how much time do I spend giving that and offering that worship. Yeah. And, you know, I, I saw, I saw this thing the other day and I was like, that, that's a pretty good, I think, mental picture. And someone was talking about, you know, some of us would not agree that we worship our phones, Mm. but just check your screen time each day (laughs) versus your time with God. Right. Like it it could be that simple, uh, but we don't want to because of conviction. Right. Because we don't want to be convicted. But he was like, I think it's, it's uh, it's fitting to think about the fact that when you hold your home, your phone in your face, it's almost the same position you hold your hands when you're praying. When you're praying, your head's down, your hands are together, they're up by you. The same way you spend most of your day with your head down, your hands together, cupping wow. your phone. Wow. And he goes, so it, you can think about it as a picture of almost like you're praying and worshiping your phone when you spend all your time holding it like that type of a deal. And I was like, <laughs> that's, that's a insane. pretty powerful picture and a convicting one. Now, when I start looking down <laughs> at my phone that, you know, do I also, do I bow my head in prayer as often wow. as I pick up my phone and bow my head to it type that's, of a deal. Like yeah. that, that's strong. And that is what Amos yep. is getting at when he says, there's all these needs of the people around you. Yet wives are asking their husbands for a drink, right? Now that's not putting wives on an island. You could flip that. Husbands are asking their wives. What they're what he's saying is that like, and I was watching this little boy the other day in line. I was telling my wife, he was on his phone while his mom was exchanging something in the store in front of us. And I swear the phone was two and a half inches from his face. And I was just laughing at like how close it was because I was like, do you think he can't see what he's looking at? I mean, it was just up there. But I look at people, and I can do this sometimes myself, and think about, like, when you do that all day, you never look up and see the world around you. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. He doesn't want you to see the brokenness around you. How will you notice that person who may need something or that person over there that you can just tell is their heart is broken for something? And you may not know them. You may not ever get to approach them. But the other day, I'm driving up to the stoplight. There's a homeless person there. And we have them all over Orlando. And sometimes I help and sometimes I don't. And I was running to work, so I'm a little bit behind coming from the gym. And yet then I looked over and realized someone had given them a brand new pair of socks. I don't know who. And then I looked down and he was trying to put one on and he could barely lift his foot up. And when he did, he had Band-Aids all over the bottom of his feet and on his toes where he's been walking around barefooted. And I was thinking about like, First of all, someone gave him socks, which is just beautiful, and it's not that hard to do. Secondly, I'm watching this picture play out. 
And I'm watching this guy try to put a brand new sock on his dirty, scarred, hurt, you know, taped up, band-aid up foot, two of them. And then I'm thinking about what I said a few weeks ago, that Christians ought to be the most generous people on the planet. And I look up and over my my visor in my truck is a $50 Wawa card that I've probably had for six months. <laughs> like I go get gas at Wawa and still don't even use the card. It's just been sitting there. <laughs> Forget. And I'm like, but that's $50. Mm. Like, let me see if I have a five or a one. <laughs> and God, the Holy Spirit is, oh, no, no. You said mm. Christians ought to be the most generous people on the planet. So I roll down the window. And I say, hey. And he comes over. And he looks at it. And I said, there's $50 on here. And all of a sudden, his eyes get as big as baseball. So he goes, 50 And I said, yeah, use it for meals for the next few days. And then it was just that, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I don't say that like, look at me. Sure. I say that out of conviction. Because I could have easily looked down at my phone at the stoplight. I could have stayed looking forward. But I looked to the side and I saw this playing out. Then I got convicted that there's a $50 gift card you haven't used for six months sitting over your visor. This man, he could use it for some meals. And when we have our phone in our face, we don't see the world around us. We don't see those opportunities. And God can't use us. Yeah. And he can't, he can't work himself through us. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. And so Amos comes along and he says, all these things are happening. You care more about getting your next drink. As a matter of fact, you want to stretch yourself out on couches and eat the best of the meats. And this is why we talked about really this whole, this whole crime of Israel against God is that they choose comfort over conviction mm. over and over and over again. It's their comfort of life. It's I could have stayed comfortable in my truck. I could have gone and done my thing for the day. I could have kept my gift card and got me a nice Wawa sub next week because I finally remembered it was up there. I could have had an extra tank of gas for my, my truck. But the conviction of God speaking to me in that moment, I can either obey it or I can, as we talked about, distract myself, justify myself, or drive away from it, run from it mm. when it comes our way. Yeah. And so question today is what are you doing to change because of warning labels we are seeing and hearing on this adventure together? Yeah. That's, what? that's that. At this, we're at that point. Yeah. You've seen enough warning passages. You've heard enough leaders warning the nation of Israel. If you keep doing this, this is what's going to happen to you. And now we have to ask ourselves the same question. Yeah. What warning signs do we need to become aware of in our own life, in our marriages, in our homes, with our kids, with the things we're watching, with the things we're listening to, with the things we're consuming, with the addictions that we're in, with the things we secretly think we're doing that God doesn't, we think God doesn't know about. And what are the consequences and the results? versus God's instructions and intended results for our life. This is what Genesis is about, rethinking life the way God intended. Therefore, let's look at the way God intends and the results God wants, not the way we intend and the way that we want. And if we're completely oblivious to it, or we're stubborn, or we're selfish about it, or rebellious about it, as we've been saying week after week, you will get what you ask for. You want that life apart from God? You'll get it. And you'll get everything the world has a toss with you, and you'll end up in that brokenness, emptiness with all those scars and regrets. You want the life that God intended. And I'm not saying that will be perfect without struggle, without hurts and pains, but the hope and the joy and the promise, the intended results that come for all eternity that we get through the struggle of this broken world are far greater 
than what the world has to offer. And so when Elijah says, how long will you differ between two opinions? That's the choice you are, you're set to choose. And when you hear this, and when you've heard this podcast, or you've listened in a church service, or you've read it in God's word, you have no excuses. You're not ignorant to this anymore. You've been warned. Now you have to make a choice. Yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, the ball is in your court. Wow. That's good, man. This is another good one, another one in the books, episode 30, guys. We're, we're checking along here. Um, we'll continue on the never-ending story next week. And as Pastor Tim mentioned, we are, uh, we're going to be hitting Jesus here in a couple weeks, and, and that's going to be great. So stick around with us. we got some cool and exciting things coming along, not only uh, here at the pod, but also at our services. Uh, some really cool stuff happening soon. But all of that, again, man, uh, you know, I don't mean to just pile this on, but for real, man, take some time, listen to some of the content that we have, binge it, spend some time. We are on the Never Ending Story series at Genesis Church Orlando, so follow us at YouTube. Check us out also on the Post Sunday Podcast as we're just diving deeper into that teaching. Uh, but wherever you consume your content, Give us a like, give us a follow, thumbs up, subscribe, give us a rating. Uh, just do what you can, spread the word. We really would appreciate it. And submit your questions to us as well as we want to continue to feature your questions um, in our segment of the PSPQ. So we're excited. We hope you are. We hope it's been a blessing for you as it's been for us. This is episode 30. We're signing out. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.